Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're exploring the book of 1 John and learning how to walk in light, walk in love. Now let's join Kurt for today's episode. And welcome back, friends, to today's episode of Everyday Truth. So glad you joined us today. If you're just catching up and binge watching past episodes, thanks for joining in. Uh, if you're with us day by day, appreciate your faithfulness as well. We're in 1 John chapter 4, as you already know, and we're in a great section about what does it mean authentically to love other people and what drives that love, what incentivizes it. And what we've learned is that people that walk with God, People that have truly been saved and, and are learning more of God through His Word, who are indwelt by the Spirit of God, uh, they are going to be in a position where God's helping them and equipping them to love other people. And so love is both a command we obey, but it's also a criteria that we examine. To look at my life and say, boy, this is good criteria to see whether or not I am walking with God. Because if I'm walking with God, this is going to happen. But it's also a good command to consider. Hey, I need to be focusing on other people. So it's both. Look at 1 John chapter 4 and verse 12, where uh, the Word of God says, No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and His love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in Him and He in us, because he hath given us of his spirit. So people can't see God physically. We don't see him. He's invisible to human eyes. Uh, and that's axiomatic. We, we know that from the Bible. It's a self-evident truth. But the Bible says, but if God dwells in us, then the tangibility of that dwelling will be a heart of love. And the tangibility of love will be in acts of service and acts of sacrifice. And the, the point that John is making is, do people see God as far as like a person walking down the street? Of course not. But do they see God? Sure, they see God. They see God in the selfless acts of service of his children. And this is a powerful truth that John gives us here. And as I think about what he says in 1 John 4, 12, I think of John 1, 18, where the Bible talks about no man has seen God at any time, but then goes on to talk about how that the Son has revealed him. Well, Jesus Christ is no longer walking upon this earth. Yes, we have the record of what happened in the Gospels uh, that, was, that were recorded for us. But now, as you mentioned, people do see God through, through Christians. Mm. And I think, you know, what kind of God am I portraying by the way that I love people, uh, the way that I do things? How am I showing God to be through the way that I live? Because people do look at Christians to see how they live to judge what kind of God they have. Yeah, Philip said... You know, show us the Father. This is the, at the end of Jesus' ministry, like his last night. And, and I think Jesus sighed and said, have I been so long with you? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And there's a very practical side to that. And it's a side of it that you and I ought to be able to testify to our kids, to our family, to our church, there's a sense in which people ought to be able to see the Father because they've seen us 
where we we should be dwelt and dwelt by a spirit. If we're saved, we are. Uh, the spirit of love ought to be growing in our life, and those acts of love, as they show up in our life, and those selfless acts of service, as we render render them to our our brothers and sisters in Christ, ought to let people know that's a Christ follower. But that's what the love of God looks like. It's what Ingersoll said, the famous skeptic, atheist. He said, "I've reasoned away." all the arguments of Christianity except for the life of my own mother. And what was he saying? He was saying what this verse is saying. I saw Jesus in you, that famous uh, uh, Ron Hamilton uh, Majesty music song, a great song. And that's what ought to be said about every one of us. It sure should, Pastor, where people should should see Jesus in us so that we live a testimony. And it reminds us about the powerful influence of witness, how that how we live does matter, both positively to inspire us to live as we ought, but also as a reminder to us to not live a life in sin, to not live a life of hatred, because that is going to destroy our testimony for Jesus Christ. Absolutely. Look at look at verse number uh, 14. And we have seen, well, look at verse 13 real quickly. Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he hath given us of his spirit. So there's a, there's the inner um, voice of God's holy, the inner confirmation of God's spirit in our life uh, th- that tells us that we are the sons of God. You know, if any man have, that, have not the spirit of Christ, he has none of his. So one of the assurances we have of our salvation is the earnest of the, the the Holy Spirit of God. Look at verse number 13, uh, verse number 14, rather. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. So what do we believe doctrinally? We believe and will testify of this, that God the Father sent Jesus to this world to save the world. Uh, Luke chapter 19 and verse 10, I'm come to seek and to save that which is lost. First Timothy chapter one, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. That's purpose statement. Look at verse number um, 15, whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the son of God, God dwelleth in him and he in God. So started the chapter, John, with the importance of doctrinal purity that we, we believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, all God, all man. You cannot be saved and therefore equipped to love people properly without having a proper view of Jesus. So we went from doctrine to application. Now we're back to doctrine. Yes. And there's the confession and the testifying that Jesus Christ is all that the Bible says he is. It is right, Pastor, right on target what John is talking about throughout, really throughout his epistle. He brings a, a number of times back to Jesus and our view of Jesus. And John makes much of who Jesus is because how people view Jesus Christ is essential. And I think we mentioned before, but John 16, that the Holy Spirit, one of the things he would do is convict people of sin, righteousness, and judgment uh, of sin because Jesus is gone now. And people, the problem, the main problem with people who are sinners is not their lust, their pride, or the case may be. It is that they don't believe the right thing about Jesus Christ. They don't have the right thoughts about who he is. And until we are right about Jesus Christ, 
we will not be right in other areas of our life. So remember, the larger context is no one's seen God. But if God dwells in us and God is love, then love ought to be what flows out of our life. So now back to where, where does love come from? Love comes from God. Where is God? God is in us. Because whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God is born of God. God dwelleth in him and he in God. So it's back to that vertical relationship we have with the Lord. Now, look at verse number 17. So herein is our love made perfect, okay, or made mature, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. So, John, help me with that. Herein is our love made perfect. So our love, it, love is something in which we can grow. Love is something that can become a qualitatively better in our lives. And the Bible says, and when our love is perfected, it produces in us a boldness in the day of judgment. Okay, so a couple of questions. First of all, what day of judgment is he referring to? Number two, what does it mean that we can have boldness as opposed to fear? We're going to see that here in a bit in the day of judgment. You know, great questions, Pastor. I, as you know, he's talking about the what's well, often called the bema seat, where Jesus will judge his children for not not for our sin. Our sin's been atoned for. Our sin's been you're forgiven. But we will be judged for the the service that we have rendered. What have we done for Jesus Christ? As I think about this, my mind goes to the parable that Jesus gave of the talents he gave out to individuals. You know, he gave you know the different talents. The guy that had five got five more. Well, the guy that did that could come back to his employer. Hey, you know, I, I've, I've worked well with this. Uh, not that he's prideful or arrogant, but he knows he's he's acted wisely what he's done. And so we had the two the two guys, the two men who were given talents and they doubled them. You know, they could come with without any fear or trepidation because they had done what they ought to be doing. But then this scoundrel who had taken the one talent and then buried it. He, he couldn't come with confidence before. Not at all. Because he had not been doing what he should be doing. And as we have mentioned, loving people is just what Christianity is just what Christians should be doing. And if I am not loving people, I'm not going to be maturing because I cannot mature in my Christian walk if I'm not growing my love for people. And if I am not growing in my Christian faith, I am not going to be able to look to the judgment seat with confidence and look with joy at being before my Savior. Yeah, I mean, think about taking a test in school. You talk about a day of judgment. <laughs> That's it. You know, th those times when you just didn't have time, you crammed at the last minute, you don't even know it's going to be on the test, but you go in with fear and trembling. But, you know, there are times when, man, I studied, uh, I went through the study guide, I, I, I've given it time. It's like you go in feeling confident, not in yourself, but confident in the process and the preparation. It's interesting that the parable you brought up about the talents, in, in all three of those cases, the, the two good examples and the one bad example, all of them knew the Lord and they all knew the Lord's character. Two of them, understanding the Lord's character, acted responsibly. One, who I knew, Lord, that the way you were. I knew your character, and yet he operated in a way that was opposite of the character of God that he knew, of the, of the Lord that he knew. Look at verse number 
uh, 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear because fear hath torment. Uh, you know, I, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to stop here. Uh, I know this kind of is the other side of the coin of boldness and fear, but w w for sake of time, we're out of it. I'm going to stop here for today and we're going to pick it up uh, next episode. But le let me encourage you to live your life simply. God dwells in you if you have trusted Christ as your Savior. L let other people see the God in your life by allowing Him to work out in your life the way that He wants to love people through you. And one day when you stand before Jesus, whether that's today, if the Lord comes back, or at the end of your lifetime, that you can stand before Him one day, not living practically purpose, a per perfect on planet Earth, but having lived a life yielded to the Spirit of God, loving and serving other people, and saying, I'm glad I did, not I wish I had. So I hope that helps today. We're going to jump into the last part of this chapter next episode. Hope you'll join us. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If Everyday Truth matters to you, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.